Thank you, Becca, and thank you, worship team. Appreciate you so much. Good morning. For those of you who don't know who I am, uh, Harold mentioned it earlier, but my name is Jesse Koopman. I'm the media and IT director here at Asbury. Um, I feel so overwhelmingly blessed that unlike pretty much every other technical director I've ever met, I'm given the opportunity in my congregation to speak my heart for Jesus and to share my love for the Lord with all of you. So thank you all so much for giving me this opportunity. I'm overwhelmingly blessed to have been a part of this church and to have been able to share my heart and my skills and talents with you for all this time. Have you ever been given a piece of advice or heard like a pearl of wisdom where you're like, just have to take it in for a second, be like, that's really, really smart, that's wise. I need to listen to that and remember it. And then you ever just thought that and then let some time pass and just kind of forgotten about it until you hear it again and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to remember that. And then some time passes again and you, you forget it again and one more time you, you kind of get it caught and you, you hear it and you're like, okay, I will not forget this. And then of course, a couple of years later, you find yourself in that situation and you've, you've moved into it and completely forgotten the advice that you were supposed to be in. That's very much where I am today. So one of the things I've heard from pastors throughout my life, Harold and Paul and many others included, is one of the hardest things to preach on ever is what God is doing in your life currently. And when Harold asked me what I wanted to preach on this Sunday, about a month ago, I immediately responded with the word transitions because that's what God was working on in my heart with. And that's what, what I had so much fulfillment in learning and studying and growing in with God. And I was super anxious and excited to bring that to all of you when I had an opportunity to preach. Well, it's largely because <laughs> I'm going through a lot of transition personally right now. And this has been by far the hardest message I've ever prepared. Not because the content is difficult, because the content is, is really straightforward. The Bible covers transitions incredibly well, and there's a lot we can dig into. But because it was just triggering Transitions are hard. They're really, really hard. The things that we want to move into or the things that we're forced into, they, they change us. They change our identity. They change the way we relate to the world around us. And existing within that can be so, so hard. The most stressful things in life, if you ask any psychologist or read any psychology textbook, are transitions. They talk about the transitions of losing a loved one, finding a new job or changing careers. Talk about moving, getting married or divorced. Well, I'll tell you this, I'm going through pretty much all of those right now. In the next five weeks, I'm getting married, or six weeks, excuse me, getting married, I'm moving, I'm changing careers. It's, it's an incredibly exciting time in my life that I'm abundantly happy about and I'm overwhelmingly excited to move into. I love Sarah so, so much and the opportunity to, to spend my life with her and move forward in life with her is an opportunity that makes me so filled with joy. But let me tell you, there are so many questions that I have about what it's gonna be like to be married, what it's gonna be like to start a new career on my own, what it's going to be like to, to live in a new home when I've more or less lived on my own for 20 years. 
to share a home with somebody, to share a budget with somebody, to share a bed with somebody. These things are like exciting and like really, really great. But oh my goodness, is it, there's so much uncertainty because it's something I've never done. And there's fear that accompanies that uncertainty. And I really want to dig into what God's been saying to my heart in this time of transition with all of you. So let's talk about why we transition or why transitions happen to us. So first of all, there's really two main types of transition. One type of transition is the transition that we all encounter one way or another. And that's where things happen in life where we just don't have any control and things change. It could be that we do lose a loved one. It could be that our company downsizes and we lose our job due to no fault of our own. It could be that we're simply getting older and aging means change. It means that our, our young ones are, are going to go off to college and are going to start families of their own. It means that we have to encounter these difficult circumstances where we have to let go of things and we experience this profound sense of loss and change of identity because we are no longer the traditional sense of parent or guardian or brother or sister or anything like that. It could be that we just have to start a new year of transition to go to a new school or to start school in a new way because the pandemic's still going on and we have to conform to what's going on around us. The other side of transition is, depending on who you ask, a little bit easier or a little bit harder. It's the kind of transition that we choose to take where there's something that we see before us as an option that we want to pursue or we're excited about, hey, this looks beautiful, this looks good. I want to let go of what I have right now in order to pursue this new thing, this new agenda. It can also look a little bit different than that too. It can also be, I feel like I should. It could be God saying to you, hey, there's this change I want to instill in your life. If you're sitting stagnant right now and you haven't experienced change or transition in your life in a long time, I challenge you to ask yourself and to ask God, what is it that you want me to be doing on? What am I holding back from? Why am I not moving forward? Why am I not experiencing change or transition? Because God's story, the entire story of the Bible is one of change and transition and redemption. So if these, these are the transitions that we all experience and we all go through, why are they so hard? Transitions are hard because of loss and uncertainty loss and uncertainty. And if we're going to look at the biblical example of how Christ encountered loss and uncertainty, we don't have to look very hard because despite the fact that he was God, despite the fact that he knew what was coming and he lived and walked with the Spirit in prophecy and understood what was to come so much in his life, but even with that foreknowledge, even with that understanding, he still encountered transitions and they were hard for him. If we look at the example in John 11 when his friend Lazarus died, we, we see the most poignant and direct verse in all the Bible, the shortest verse, two words. Jesus wept when he lost his friend. He encountered a transition from having this person in his life whom he loved and adored. And even though he knew he would rise again, and even though he knew he was with the Lord, 
he mourned the loss of his friend. And if you want to look at time of transition where it's something where God's asking Christ to do something that Christ is resisting and Christ is struggling with, we don't have to look any further than Mark 14 in the Garden of Gethsemane where Christ is praying and crying out to God saying, Lord, I know what's coming. I know what's before me. I know that I will be taking upon the sins of the world to redeem everybody, but Lord, this is so hard. I don't want to do this. If there's any way that you can take this cup from me, release it from me, Yet, not my will, but yours. He knew how hard this transition was going to be, and he struggled. He provided an example of us being fully man and fully God, that transitions are hard. That it means oftentimes giving something up. It means sometimes suffering. It sometimes means challenges. Sometimes it means facing our biggest and hardest fears in life in order to accomplish something bigger for God's glory. It means letting go of our pride. It means letting go of our fear. It means letting go of, of the obstinance and, and challenges of, that we have with submitting our will to God's because we like things to be done our way. We like to be in control. It means finally saying, God, I trust you and your will, not mine. Now, there's three ways that I see in, in biblically that Christ and throughout the story of the Bible that we really see how God works in these transitions and how he, he tells us through his word to handle these transitions. Number one, Keep an eternal perspective. Keep an eternal perspective. If we look back at the story of Garden of Gethsemane, we can see that Christ isn't thinking just about what's right before him. If all he could see was the pain that awaited him on the cross, you think he would have sacrificed himself? I mean, sure, he was innately designed for that task to be done, but it's not something he would have chosen had he only seen that far ahead. When you put things into an eternal perspective, when you see the grander story of what God is doing in your life, when you take a look at the the painful challenge of losing a loved one or losing a friend, whether they just move away or they pass on, it's so hard sometimes to see the the purpose and the, the keep that eternal perspective. But if we can look at the eternal perspective and say, this person's home. This person had a wonderful life. I can still say to myself that despite this person that's gone that I love and will miss for the rest of my life, I still have purpose. I still have function. I still have a reason to live and I still have a reason to push forward. I have things to be excited about because God is still working in my life. And he wants to bring his kingdom down to earth. We see a couple good examples of this in scripture. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, 
he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Setting aside the pain and the struggle of the transition, letting go of the sin and the pride, looking forward to the the larger picture of what God is doing in our lives is essential to getting through transitions. Paul in Philippians has something else to say very similar. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on toward the goal in to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And we can see Paul using his, his life story, his example, his wisdom, and his understanding that he's gained through all these years of ministry to take his example of where he was initially this persecutor of Christians who, who thought it was so wrong until he had finally encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. And he admitted, <laughs> he admitted that he was in such great sin that he had to transition, he had to move forward, he had to accept Christ to change, to find God's true purpose for his life. Now, he had been seeking God's purpose for his life his entire life. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees, preaching to all the Jews and teaching the law. And yet, all this time, he hadn't really been living in God's will for him. So he had to make this transition And while it was hard to give up everything that he did, he let it all go so that he could move forward to be called heavenward in Christ Jesus. The second thing that we need to do in order to really handle our transitions well from a biblical perspective is to know your why. Know your why. If, again, you get stuck on the trials and tribulations of the upcoming challenges that are are facing you in your transition, whatever that transition may be, if you don't understand your why, what your role is, what your purpose is, what your intent is for what's coming next in your life, it's going to be so hard to move forward, to see the good that can arise from the challenges, that if all you focus on is these hard aspects, taking even that next step is going to feel so overwhelming and so burdening that you may not be able to move. So I would implore you to, to think about your why. If this is something you've chosen, if this is something you believe God's calling you to, why? Why are you taking this step? Why are you moving forward? And don't forget that why. Don't forget that why. If we look at a piece of scripture that I think we all probably have heard at one point in time or another, it's probably the most commonly used piece of scripture in the Bible, John 3, 16, we can see how God declares his why. In the NIV, it says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That's his why. Because he loved the world. 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's why is you and me. It's why he, despite crying out to God in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he did not want to go through the burden and the pain of accepting all of man's sins and being separated from God on the cross. He did it because he loves us that much. That's his why. And sometimes the things that we are called to are going to be seemingly just as hard. Now, I wouldn't say that we, probably any of us will ever experience anything actually that hard, but sometimes it seems that way, doesn't it? Sometimes it could be talking to somebody that we don't really like, but God's saying, hey, I have a word for that person that you need to give them. Sometimes it could be simply letting go of our pride and saying, it's not how I want it to be done, Lord. It could be so many things. It could be moving on and letting go of the pain that you've experienced from a loss. Sometimes just letting go is what God's calling us to do, and it's so hard. But if you know your why, if you know that God is calling you to good, purposeful things, if he's calling you to live a life of purpose and meaning, one filled with joy, one filled with hope, that staying there is not the place for you to be. And third, mourn your losses and hope for what is to come. Looking back at the story of Jesus when Lazarus died, he gives his example that we are to mourn. Loss is real. We shouldn't gloss over that. Even Christ didn't. Even when he knew Lazarus was going to be resurrected, he still mourned because it hurt to know that his friend had been hurt. It is appropriate to mourn. We want to live into that mourning, but only for a time. The Bible says that we may mourn for the day Joy or morning in the night, joy comes in the morning. And that joy comes from our hope. It comes from keeping that eternal perspective. It comes from knowing our why. It comes from believing God's promises that say that he has a plan for us that is good and plans for us to prosper. If we look at scripture again, one of my favorite passages of scripture is again from Paul in Romans 12. He talks about, in this passage, so many just general, solid commands for life. It's almost kind of his Sermon on the Mount of sorts. And starting in verse 9, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So much of, of these lessons we've talked about today on how to handle transitions are really embraced in that passage. Letting go, 
forgiving, looking forward, mourning, rejoicing. And he commands us to do that in community. He commands us to do that in faith. And he commands to do it, us to do it for Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness in my life. I thank you so much for the faithfulness I've witnessed in so many people's lives. Lord, there have been so many trials and tribulations and challenges in, in not just my life, but in this congregation, in this church, in this world. We praise you that you are steadfast. That you give us hope. That you give us a purpose and a reason. That in you we have a why. A real why that's worth pursuing even in the darkest and hardest trials that we could ever face. That you've given us a why worth pursuing. For there's an eternal perspective that brings you glory that all things are being worked together for your glory and your good. And in that we can find our peace and we can look forward in hope, trusting in you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.